This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. All right, we're going to confuse everybody, but we're going to say welcome to the first edition of the uh, Fear of the Week, which it's really not, but it's the first night that it's its own show. So <laughs> it, it, just to make myself a little more sane, I have to number it to be able to keep up with it. So yeah. this is number one, and pretend you didn't hear the other four, five, or six that was here. <laughs> So we're going to start off um, this edition with we're going to be doing a, a small story. This one's a, a different kind of story than what we've done. We've talked about some haunted colleges before on the main show and the Patreon bonuses. I can only think of one high school that we've done, and that was from the uh, Native American boarding school in uh, Oklahoma, the Concho Indian boarding school. Mm-hmm. It's the only one I can remember. I, did, I kept looking this one up in El Paso. And I still never did a story on him. We'll dig that one up eventually. That school had been closed for several years. The school we're going to talk about tonight, though, is still open for business. It's the Hibbing High School in Hibbing, Minnesota, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And you'll find out why in a little bit. The school was built in 1920, uh, or at least it was started in 1920. It was 1922 before it was completely finished. And it was built as a trade And it's going to take some explaining, Mm -hmm. but you'll see where I'm at here in a second. I know that seems bizarre, so let's go back a bit and learn a little bit about a history, and it'll make a little more sense. So the town of Hibbing started out as a small town known as Superior in 1892. That's when Frank Hibbing settled on the land. Now, Frank was a miner, and he was sitting there exploring the land, and he found that the area was loaded with iron, which you could use to make steel, Mm -hmm. which was very popular back then. So within a year, Frank moved here, and people were flocking to Superior for uh, the opportunity to work in the mines. I bet. The town was about two square miles in size. That was it. Fifteen years later, the name was changed to Hibbing as a uh, fitting tribute to its founder. By 1914, the economy was booming. It was at one point called the richest village in the entire world. Oh. The Oliver Mining Company, which was subsidiary of uh, U.S. Steel, was the main company that was there. The town in 1914 was valued at $84 million. Not bad for a little two-square-mile town. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's great. But Hibbing had to be moved. This is where the trade comes in. In 1920, huge iron deposits were being found in the residential neighborhoods. The mining company was buying several of the properties, so the mining company offered a uh, moving fee. They offered to move every house and pay a fee and pay to have the house moved. So these people were getting money and getting their house moved. They're basically going to move the entire neighborhood 
Well, that's crazy. I saw them move a house the other day on a show, and I'm like, how in the heck? Yeah. That's And then they're going to do a whole neighborhood. There's a neighborhood in Louisville uh, that's over there off 7th Street, which won't mean anything to anybody, but yeah. it's over off 7th Street, over by where the uh, school is. And that entire neighborhood came from over by the airport when the airport bought all the homes out there, and every one of those houses were moved over there and re um furbished basically oh my gosh i had no clue it's been done before but anyways so they're going to move this whole neighborhood but the other part of the deal was to sweeten the pot we're also going to build you a school that's so damn luxurious you could never even dream of a school like this oh dang and that's what they did and when i say beautiful this school looks like something uh, gothic style of prison like some of the old prisons from back in the you know, 17, 1800s. Mm-hmm. It cost $3,927,000 to build. It had a state-of-the-art auditorium that was modeled after the New York City Capitol Theater. Oh, that is nice. It had marble star- staircases, brass railings, art deco walls, fancy woodwork, engraved artwork were everywhere that the eye could see. Not to mention that that had crystal chandeliers in a How high school. How can you imagine that? Well, I say high school, but it's a high school now. Um, They even hired a man named Bill Radican from New York City to run the theater, who had experience doing this. More on Bill a little bit later, though. So the school had kindergarten all the way through second year of junior college housed within it. Remember, this is a small town. Well, yeah, that's huge, though. Yeah. The auditorium, well, the, the building's huge. The auditorium held vaudeville performances, orchestras, and school plays. Now, there was one famous person to actually get his start performing on that stage at a talent show in the late 1950s. The infamous Robert Zimmerman. Hmm. You don't know Robert Zimmerman? No. You probably know him more by his stage name of Bob Dylan. Oh. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. Unfortunately, the town of 17,000 today doesn't uh, have the success that it did back in the iron and steel heydays there are still a couple of mines still around and the area but um, some people work there but it's not what it used to be by any means a gentleman by the name of chuck perry though he took over as the stage manager of the um the auditorium in 1979 he took one of the more famous pictures in paranormal and this picture is believed to show the, the ghost of Bill, the first stage manager there. So here's the story of, of how this happened. Chuck said that he heard of ghosts in the school way before he even started working there. Some of the rumors included ghosts from someone falling off a balcony. Um, a chandelier fell onto some seats and killed some people. A student that had a physical disability passed away in the auditorium. And, of course, Bill dying. He did a bunch of research, and he could only confirm two of the four incidents. The little girl with a disability did actually pass away, and Bill passed away in the 1940s, but not on the premises. But he obviously had an attachment to the place. Yeah. So let's get to the picture. Now, the auditorium is a mecca for Bob Dylan fans. Uh, They have a festival every single year in honor uh, of Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan fans flock there. In the early 90s, there was one fan who came in, young lady. She starts walking, you know, around all the aisles and the seats. This young lady 
for lack of uh, a better term, had a hippie-looking vibe to her. Mm -hmm. So she gets to the seat, J-47, and she tells Chuck Perry that she feels a very cold chill there, way colder than anywhere else in there. Also feels like something is there. Well, Perry just kind of blows it off. Then a few weeks later, he's watching a TV show on an educational channel, and they're talking about people going to cemeteries and taking pictures trying to photograph ghosts. So he started thinking about what the young lady had said in that seat, so he thought, well, I'll try it myself. He gets a Polaroid camera from the from the back of the uh, stage. It was actually a prop mm-hmm. that they were using. He goes out and buys some film. He puts the camera on a tripod. He aims it right at seat J-47. He took a few pics with no results, so he took 50 more. Seemed kind of drastic. Because <laughs> I think he took six, and he didn't get anything in it, so he took 50 more. Well, six of them had something in them that included something that looks a lot like a translucent man with a hat sitting in that seat. People see this picture, and they start coming around to check the place out. A woman from Minnesota's special education department, she came, and she took her own pictures with a digital camera. Now, she didn't capture an image, but what she did capture on two different pictures was a flare or a streak. Oh, wow. Perry said that people come here for shows and refuse to sit in that seat. (laughs) So Perry had a few other experiences. In November 26, 1996, a fire broke out, and while they were doing some remodeling there, and it did a lot of uh, smoke damage, extensive smoke damage to the west wing of the building. So the auditorium suffered a lot of smoke damage then. Three years later, in 1999, Perry had a very strange experience. So he was on stage. He was cutting some plywood for a set that he was working on. He was using a power saw. He finished uh, the piece that he was working on. He went back to get a drink and, and take a little bit of a break. Said he couldn't have been back there more than five minutes. He walks back out to the stage. And on the left hand of the stage where the saw horses were and the plywood, that's still there. But the saw was not there. The saw was all the way on the other end of the stage, plugged in. Hmm. There was nobody else there. That's sketchy. Yeah, <laughs> He goes, he unplugs the saw, he takes it back where he was, and plugs it in, but it immediately shuts off. There was some type of a short in the cord. And he's thinking that whoever it was in there was maybe looking out to make sure there wouldn't another fire another started. Fire, yeah. I don't know why, if that's the case, though, it would have plugged it up on the other end. Well, why that's true. Just it, why wouldn't it just unplugged it? Yeah. But I don't know. So the first story that he ever heard uh, or was aware of here was in the 1970s. It was a girl. She was in one of the back dressing rooms. She was getting her makeup on. She said on three different occasions, someone walked into the room in what she assumed was a costume and then just disappeared every time. Another story tells about a janitor who was alone in the building one night. He kept hearing footsteps out in the hall. Everyone had already been you know, gone for some some time. He was the only one. And every time he would go out there and check, there was nobody there. I don't think I could do that. I couldn't be there by myself that night especially. In this place, you can't take any tours of. 
because of the fact that you know they just don't do tours yeah. but they do enough events and stuff there where it's always easy to yeah go to check out an event mm-hmm. you can get in and check the place out but i thought that was a cool story that's very cool yeah so. cool and creepy all right are we ready to hear leslie and her fear of the week bring her on but first a quick break from our sponsor Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Fear of the Week with author Leslie Fear. Pick up her books at Amazon.com. Leslie, thank you so much for being a part of the episode this week. Oh, it's great to be back. Nice to have you back on, honey. I know, I'm so glad to be here. Tracy, it's always good to hear your voice. Thank you, sweetie. (laughs) So this week... You've got some interesting facts about what happens when the body goes through decomposition. And I can't wait to hear these. Yeah. The fun facts about decomposition of a body. (laughs) So what, you know, I I think most of this is because it's, it's, it's questions you want to ask, but well, you, you, you're, you, you want to know, but you're afraid to ask. It's kind of like that. So I'm just helping everyone out. This is a public service help. This is, I'm trying to help everyone. So when I was reading up on this, one of the fun things that came up, fun fact about why does a body turn into such crazy colors when they start to die? And about two to three days after a human body dies, the right part of the abdomen turns green. It's like a, uh, a pretty aquamarine. Something like what I wore to my prom back in, uh, you know, only 10 years ago. Or maybe 20. Um, but I did wear one like that for my prom. But really what it is, it's, <laughs> it's due to red blood cells breaking down. And it causes the color to appear, that aquamarine, crazy greenish color. And I could go into way more explanation, but you guys get the gist because we, we have to go on to how soon will will an eyeball decompose? We have to go on to that because that was even more intriguing to me. So another I even thought about that. I know. So another fun fact about eyeballs are one of the they're one of the first organs to decompose because they liquefy because they don't have any muscle in them. So they liquefy very quickly. There's mostly water in your eyeball. I didn't know that, but I I guess it makes sense. And then just like your stomach and your intestines, they go first too because there's no muscle in that area. So they go first too. What do you think about that, Tracy? Because Jerry's just being silent right now. (laughs) I'm sorry you hadn't stopped talking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I... You know, I ne- I guess I never really thought about that with the eyeball ha- being more liquid and things like that. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty interesting that like that's the first thing to go. Yeah, it's it's it makes sense, but it, it is kind of gross and eerie. But wait, there's more. I have another fun fact. Did you know that? Did you know that cats are way more likely than dogs to eat your eyeballs or your body in general over dogs? I've heard that. Now, I've heard that. Now, unless your dog goes a few days without food and then all bets are off and then you need to watch out for your ninja. Mm. Oh. Ninja ninja wouldn't eat wouldn't eat us. 
Uh, he probably lick us to death. Well, it's funny. I, I read the story about this guy um, who passed away in his house, and his dog was very loyal to him. And it had been a few days, and the dog was very hungry, so he did. They like the face. I don't know what it is about the nose and the face and the eyes. Not sure. Lips, ears. But when someone was finally called in and they were trying to remove the body, the dog got very upset, like, like it was protecting its owner. So I, I don't think it's a matter of, hey, I'm trying to eat you because I think you're horrible. I think it's, I'm starving, and but I'm trying to protect you, but I am hungry, and that nose looks really good. I don't even know. <laughs> you're not using that nose right now, so... Well, it's like the most protruding part. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's just funny. I just thought that was funny. Now, I do have a taboo subject, and Jerry, we can talk or not talk about this because this is kind of taboo, but have you ever heard of coffin, coffin birth? Coffin birth. We actually talked about coffin birth, uh, myself and Amanda, on one of the future episodes. Oh, Really? Yikes. Okay. Well, and we but feel free to bring it up. Well, that's the thing is, it's, it's, it's very, anyone who has lost a child and I have lost a child. So I feel like I have the right to talk about this because I have lost a child. Um, but this is kind of sad, but when a woman like, you remember, um, who was, what was her name? Lacey Peterson who yes. was killed by her husband and was pregnant and they found her. I think she had washed up somewhere. I'm not sure where it was, but she had washed up somewhere. Do you California, remember? California, I believe. Okay. Well, and her baby was no longer inside her. Um, her situation was, her situation was different um, because her body had just decomposed, but, um, and it just worked out that way. Um, but, what can happen 48 to 72 hours after the death of a pregnant woman is the gas in her abdomen built up, you know, and, and the decomposition built up. And the pressure rises to the point where it presses on the uterus so intensely that the fetus is expelled. And that's called post, post-mortem fetal extrusion. Um, and that can happen inside a casket. It can happen, um, you know, just if they're left somewhere, I don't think it happened in Lacey Peters, Peterson's case because she was in water. And I think, um, certain things happened and I think things got to her, maybe some kind of animals or fish or something got to her. So, yeah. Isn't this fun conversation? It's a, just, it's not one you want to have during dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys, when you're listening to my segments, just 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 stop the recording after they're, you know, when you get the recordings in the morning, you just stop after Tracy and, and Jerry talk, and then just stop for about, at least after breakfast, and then come back to me, and then we can talk all you want, because you'll be fine after that. Maybe take a tons, I don't know, but yeah. I, I like all these macabre subjects. I can't help it. I don't even know what's wrong with me. Tracy knows. She's just not talking. She had to jump off, so. Oh, she, oh it's the dog. Yeah. She's on ninja duty. She's on ninja duty. Well, see, so you, it's just you and me. What are, what are your thoughts on this? 
I think it's very disgusting, but it's, it 100% makes sense. So right. uh, I know there are, there have been cases before where they've had to open a casket up and there was the baby there. So that's right. how they knew that this would even be a situation to, right. to look at. Yeah. So, and, and I guess out of respect for the body, they don't always extract the baby and they just bury the, the mother with the child. And that's probably what it's always been. But there have been people that have like dug up graves or had to move graves and it's been, or, or ancient graves where the mother has been with the child and the child is in that fetal position when a child is born, their head is you know, opposite of the mother's, and you know, that was probably a coffin birth. So, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's my. <laughs> but hey, how about them eyeballs? And they really can decompose and. <laughs> And they liquefy, and they're the first to go. So you don't have to see anything once you die. <laughs> That's good. I, I got to put a positive spin on something here. So what other kind of facts do you have? I'm sure you dug up a couple others. Um, so well, um, geez. Uh, well, trying to, trying to think of other things because there's just so many. I, I have one to throw your way. Okay. Did you know that when the body dies of carbon monoxide poisoning, that your body turns red? No, I did not know that. Why? Interesting tidbit. It's got something to do with the uh, the the blood, uh, the way the blood gets to the vessels or something. Like if if you were laying down. And your face was, say, on a pillow or something, uh, one side, mm-hmm. and, and it happened, where your face was would still be the regular color. But everything else, because of the the circulation part of it, would turn it red. So it's it's just a weird situation, but that's what it does to wow. the, uh, the bloodstream. That's interesting. Crazy, but interesting. I, you know, it's funny how when people die and things, it's all so colorful. It's that aquamarine, I wore the dress. You could do the red dress for the um, carbon monoxide dress. Um, <laughs> see, I'm going too far here. I am. But, <laughs> but it's kind of cool <laughs> hey no matter what we all got to go so we're not going to make it out of this life alive so we may as well talk about it and get it all out of the way so we can have a great life and have a great 2020 right fantastic i agree 100 percent. yeah so those are my facts on decomposition and what happens to the body well leslie thank you so much for that interesting tidbit of uh knowledge that we were all dying to find out you're so very welcome i'm very happy to be able to deliver this lovely news to you and i'll see myself <laughs> out well, nothing like some fun facts on decomposition <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways um it's pretty gross yeah i didn't know an eyeball could liquefy but there you go i did not know that either yeah gross anyways thank you guys so much for listening to us and uh, we will be back in, uh, when? Sunday? <laughs> I, lose track of the, I lose track of the days now. Yeah, we will be back on Sunday. Thank you. <laughs>